I snuck in. Crouching below the low walls of the vomit beige cubicles me and my fellow slaves were confined to. I just didn't want to deal with my supervisor. The lectures I had endured as a result of my slipping performance were no fun at all. He was always so damn happy. Projecting and enunciating every goddamn syllable with that incredibly strong coffee breath. Gesticulating and show me how much he genuinely cared for me by getting in close and putting his hand on my shoulder. The whole time blabbing away. I made it to my cubicle and powered up my computer. The only thing I would be looking at for the next few hours. I was feeling a little spark of sobriety catching wind and flaring up. So I opened my cubicle drawer and removed a pill bottle. As far as anyone else was concerned, it was some generic ibuprofen. But I knew what gems truly rattled around in that bottle. If I was lucky, there would be one or two more Percocet in there. I blacked out on so many occasions, sometimes I would legitimately be surprised at what was in there. Not the best thing to waste on a day at work, but I had no social life to put them to good use. Whatever helped me to forget to be miserable would be ingested. With fervor. I rattled the bottle around a bit to listen for what could be in there, but there was no sound. It was empty. Just then, I felt an all-too-familiar hand rest on my shoulder. Benji! he exclaimed, way too excited for seeing someone he had to know hated him. What'd you do, sneak in here? I didn't even see you come in! That miserable fuck. I couldn't even think of a response I was so floored. Meet me in my office after you've signed in. I need to speak to you. I took my time signing in. I wasn't in any rush to speak to my supervisor. I would in most cases be excited about the time off the phone. I mean, I was still on the clock. I was being paid. The meetings between me and my supervisor were getting nerve-wracking, though. I had exhausted every excuse I could possibly use. It was becoming painfully obvious that I just didn't care. For the most part, I was kept to myself, and in my silence, people would decide to color me in whatever shade suited their experience. Luckily, my superiors felt I was a sweet person, compassionate, respectful. It really worked out in my favor because whenever I fucked up, it seemed like I was genuinely sorry. Where I was rolling my eyes, they saw a glistening set of puppy eyes. My lack of effort seemed to slowly erode at the disguise they themselves had handed me. It wouldn't be long before they just gave up on me. Honestly, I was surprised it had even gotten this far. So, do you know why I called you in here? He asked as I sat down in the chair positioned awkwardly in front of his desk. Why do they always ask that? Do you know why I called you in? Do you know why I pulled you over? Do you know why we were here today? No, you fucking idiot. I don't. It's most likely some dime store pseudo-psych tactic. I took a deep breath and replied as calmly as I could. No, I don't, I said flatly. Well, Benji, my boy, plain and simple, your numbers are terrible. He motioned towards his desktop PC and spun it in my direction. If you take a look at your performance from when you started to where we're here today, you can see an almost comical decline. He cleared his throat and took on a more detached demeanor. You came in almost three hours late today. 
do you even want to be here? Because I'm sure there are more than enough people who would kill for your job. I geared myself up to respond, but I recalled most of his questions were rhetorical, as I thought there was more to his rant. We're at the end of our rope here, buddy. If you don't shape up soon, the only course of action is to terminate your employment. It was a little difficult to take in the gravity of what he said. I had to pace my breathing to avoid taking in giant whiffs of his breath, and it was making me lightheaded. You know, I like you, Benji. Oh no, this was the part where he got closer. He got up and rounded his desk, taking a seat on the edge, and continued. Is everything okay at home? Is there anything we can do to help? He asked, seeming concerned. I'm sure he wasn't, but I didn't know him well enough to know whether he was just going through the motions or actually concerned. I'm fine. Just a bit stressed out. It was taking some time to get things back in order. I can promise you an improvement in my overall performance. I, I almost hit a deer today. Swerved and uh, got a flat. I said, trying to be as convincing as possible. Goddamn, Benji, another deer! He exclaimed. Fuck, I had forgotten I used that one already. You really have some terrible luck, he said. I wasn't sure if he was gullible or just satisfied with any response that kept the meeting going. The meeting kept the same pace as the others, and we exchanged words in a boring volley of trite nonsense, talking about the weather and the smell in the company cafeteria after someone recently decided to microwave fish. Eventually, we made it to an awkward silence. He looked disappointed, but I was just happy to have an exit from the strenuous task of making small talk. I guess that's all for today. Just think about what we talked about. I'd really hate to see you get fired, he said as I exited his office. As I walked away, I took a look at everyone in their cubicles. I felt nothing at first and didn't even venture to guess what their lives were like. It was surreal. I began to feel so alone, and confused about how little I knew about them. They were all individuals, each with a unique perspective on life, with an experience far removed from my own. I began to notice some of them laughing with customers on the other line, some leaning over their desks, chatting with coworkers. I hadn't made a single friend in the two years I had been here. I was distracted by something darting past the corner of my eye. It snapped me back into reality. I quickly sat down and proceeded to dive into the backed-up queue of phone calls. It was time to do what I did best and weather the storm of geriatric shut-ins, self-entitled shit-for-brains, and overall fucktards. It was my job to teach them how to use and understand their idiot box and explain the purposely confusing bills they received. Here I would remain, listening to sob stories, taking in an onslaught of obscenities via my ear canal, and praying for the moment I would be able to clock out as if it were salvation itself. That moment never came soon enough, though. I was doomed for the next few hours. Well, until my break, I guess. My break time was finally here. I grabbed my pill bottle and scowled at the absence of narcotics. By this time, it was already dark outside. I rushed out of the door and took in the night air.
brisk and clean. The moon hung in the onyx abyss above, accompanied by the glimmering mess of stars that always brought the corners of my mouth heavenward. I was elated. It was as if the first half of my day were wiped away, just redacted from the record. I took my sweet time walking to my car, and with confident, deliberate steps I made my way through the parking lot. As I passed a few more cars, I decided to take another turn at a car door handle. Under the anonymizing comfort of the night, my game took on a whole new feel. I felt welcome to the call of another person's car, entitled to the contents inside. Three, two, one. Fuck. I tried another. Three, two, one. Fuck. The car's alarm blazed and cut through the serene melody of crickets and leaves rustling against the concrete. I darted to my car, started the engine, and peeled out before anyone came to see what the commotion was. My heart was racing and it was taking a while for the car to heat up. Panting, I could see my breath hang frozen in the air just before me. I really should get a jacket, but that would take away from what I could spend on booze, pills, and smokes. I hadn't had a drink in a while, and I noticed although the car was now warm, my hands were still shaking. I felt a bit sick. I decided to visit the nearest liquor store when my phone began buzzing. It was on the passenger seat where I had left it. I never got any messages from people I actually wanted to hear from. Those days were long gone. Instead, I would have dozens of missed calls from bill collectors and a few voicemails politely asking I return the call to discuss an important matter. It was my dealer, though. He was the only person I willingly spoke to. I hated how I sounded on the phone sober, so I decided to hold off on calling him back until I could secure a bottle. I always went to the same liquor store. It was conveniently located near my job, so I was able to be in and out, still making it back from my break on time. The cashier used to smile every time I came in, jeering and making obnoxious comments about various booze-induced exploits of his. Lately, he just seemed concerned. It was a pretty seamless transaction now. I placed the booze on the counter, paid, and then left. Next stop was a burger joint. I loved it. There was no free food at work, so I was starving. The needy bastard probably caught on to the fact I was pilfering his stupid donuts. I hope he has a coronary. I got a large soda and a burger medium fucking rare. This spot wasn't all that great, but it was always empty so I could get my order while having enough time to sit down and actually enjoy it. While they were preparing my burger, I took my soda to the car, poured some out, then made up the difference in scotch. Black label. It was an insult to the scotch, but I wanted to eat inside. The place was right next to a strip club, so on occasion I could ogle a dancer and enjoy a burger. That coupled with the buzz from my soda is what got me through most days. Today I was the only one there. My order was done, so I took it over to my favorite booth and started unwrapping the burger eagerly. It was like unwrapping the gift you knew you were getting, just counting down the moments until you were able to tear its cover. 
and reveal the object you obsessed over countless times in your head. I slid the unraveled burger to the side, brought my soda just before me, stabbed the top with a straw, and slurped it with all the energy I had left. I gulped it until I was about halfway down and just leaned back. Light as a feather. My head tilted forward, and a smile crossed my face. Calmly, yet aimlessly, I brought my burger up to my mouth and savored my first bite. I don't think it would have tasted as good if I didn't have some scotch to wash it down with. I mechanically repeated lifting and biting the thing until it was finished, only taking breaks to slurp the remainder of my soda. Unfortunately, a wave of loneliness washed over me. Looking down, I saw the empty wrapper, the empty cup, and just stared. Beautiful moments are so short-lived when you have no one to share them with. The rapture of the moment is almost like a snapshot of everything you don't have. Serenity and peace for a few seconds to show you how foul and broken you walk around at any given time. It wasn't the first time this happened. I doubt it would be the last. Never in my life had I dealt with these feelings healthily. So I did what usually worked. I slammed my head into the counter with terminal velocity, smashing my head out of the sludge of empty feelings and lonely thoughts. I was startled for a moment, a bit dazed, and in more pain than I had anticipated. I think I saw the cashier take a break from reading his book to see where the noise came from, but I left before being able to be really sure of anything. I walked slowly to my car and closed my eyes. For a while, I found I was enjoying the cold air. My lack of layers wasn't such a problem anymore. <laughs>